What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And this is Gia Casey. And this is another edition of The Casey Crew. Now, again, we appreciate all the love that we've been getting on for this podcast. I don't think either of us uh, ever expected it. No, not at all. You know, we appreciate the emails, the comments on Instagram, the likes, uh, whatever it may be. We definitely appreciate it. The iTunes, the Spotify, the SoundCloud, just giving us feedbacks in the DMs and all that stuff. We really, really, really appreciate it. So we just want to say thank you. And if you do want to holler at us, you can email us. It's thekcrew at gmail. That's T-H-E-E. CaseyCrew at gmail.com and you can holler at us anytime you need to. Yes. Now, um, this week's episode, you know what I want to talk about? No, because you wouldn't tell me. All right. Well, first of all, put your phone down. Put, put the phone on the floor. Put the phone on <laughs> the floor. I'm not going to put it on the floor because no, I'm, I'm actually no. waiting for something. No, put the phone on the floor. Okay. No, I'm not putting it on the floor. I'm going to put it over here and I'm not going to look at it. No, put the phone on, put it down. Okay. okay, my hands are off. All right. Now, um, sometimes you got to tell her, put the damn phone down. I'm talking for the fellas out there. I want to talk about sex. Just sex? I want to talk about sex. Yes, sex okay. in a relationship. Okay. Sex. Why didn't a... you want to tell me that before we got here? Because there's some stories that you might feel uncomfortable about that I might feel uncomfortable about. And I just want to have this conversation to the people because I think sometimes uh, past experiences can either help in our relationship or help in somebody else's relationship. Okay. So the reason I want to talk about sex is because there's so many people that have a, a hard time with sex, pleasing their spouse, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their husband, their wife. And I, I just want to talk about sex in a relationship. Okay. Because sex can define a relationship sometimes. It's not mm-hmm. the end all be all. Right. But it can define a relationship. So um, when we first started going out... um. I think my nickname was the turtle. <laughs> I did call you the turtle. Right. Yes. Um, when we started dating, I wasn't really into sex. And not that I didn't want sex, but it just didn't define our relationship. Um, Meaning I wasn't trying to. That's the reason why you weren't into sex? Um, No, not, not that. that <laughs> I was, don't think that you said, you know what? I'm not going to have sex with her because I don't want it to be the reason why our relationship goes on. I don't want it to define our relationship. I didn't want I don't think that you said that to yourself. So let's start over. Why weren't you sexually aggressive when we first started dating? I just wasn't dating? into sex with you. I just wanted to. We were having a great time. No. You were a virgin. Start over. What? You were inexperienced. That's the reason I'm going to get into that too. Can I, can I talk? No, but what you're saying actually just isn't true. That's not true. I was inexperienced. You were a virgin. Okay. And I didn't want to make sex something that was awkward in our relationship. I enjoyed spending time with you. Or you were scared. I was a little scared. Okay. I think that's more along the lines of truthful. Your Honor, can I talk? I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And um, I enjoy being with you without that awkwardness of that sex. Mm-hmm. We would kiss for hours. We yes. would tongue kiss for hours, and I was happy with that. <laughs> right? You know, I don't think I, I. I was too. I don't think I felt I felt your boobs to like eight months in. No, it wasn't eight months in. It was you, like seven. You probably went up my shirt. 
maybe about two and a half to three months. Okay, in. three months yeah. in. But I, you know, I wasn't looking for sex. It was just I just enjoyed that was the obvious. time. Yes, you. So they weren't... called me the turtle. That was yes. my nickname, the turtle. Uh huh. And the reason but I, I loved that about you because I wasn't into that either. Right. So when we finally got to that point of having sex, mm-hmm. it was difficult for me <laughs> because I never experienced. I wasn't that experienced. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I didn't know how to please my woman. At the I time was, I was a girl. Oh, my uh, my girl. Okay. I didn't know how to experience. I didn't know how to please my girl. Mm hmm. What men should do and what females should do in a relationship is have an open dialogue and have a conversation. It would make everybody's life easy. Before they have sex for the first well, when time? They, when they do have sex the first time and, and really ask, you know, go over what, what makes you happy? What turns you on? What satisfies you? What do you like? What don't you like? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember. Um, hmm. You're going to be honest, right? Like we always are. Yes. I remember one time we were in, in my basement. And we were having... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? Dude, I think I know what you're about to say. And that's just... This is, it's just gonna it's gonna sound crazy. I don't care. This is this is our podcast. This is, this is what it's supposed to sound like. It's supposed to be honest. No, but that's just... Uh, that might make me feel a little uncomfortable. Well, too bad. Well, we were in my basement... <laughs> Oh, please don't let it be what I think. We were in your basement a lot, so I'm just hoping it's not what I think. We were in our basement, and you were going down on me. What? No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm not going in. Oh, oh, oh. Like, what? Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. That's another story for another time. Oh, my goodness. Okay, now. All right, go ahead. And we were having sex. Okay. And uh, you were on top of me. And you reached an orgasm. Okay. And when you reached an orgasm, <laughs> don't get embarrassed now. Why are you getting so embarrassed? <laughs> People have sex every day, B. Go ahead. You um, squirted. I don't know if I exactly did that, but... It was a lot of it. Okay. Squirted. I, no, I don't know if I did that, but... Right. And this was the first time I experienced that. Uh, first time you experienced that. Mm-hmm. And Feeling a little tight-lipped right now. I was so foul and disrespectful because I thought you peed on me. <laughs> what? That's so funny. You're such an ass. What? I, I can't. What? But I remember that. No, go ahead. And I thought, you, and I was very mad because I was like, you just peed on me. And I was like, I did not pee on you. you know? <laughs> and you, you looked at me so crazy as though I disrespected you by peeing on you. And I was so upset. I got myself together and I left your house mm-hmm. and I didn't talk to you for two weeks. Right. And you kept calling and calling and you came by my house and I told my mother every time that you came to tell you that I was not home. Right. And one time he was like, Mama, I know she's home. I know she's here. I'm positive she's here. Please just let me in. Please just let me in. My mom's like, she's not here. She told me not to let you in if you came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were like, see? See? And I avoided you for for quite some time because you hurt my feelings. Because you peed on me. Because you thought I peed on you. I thought you peed on me, but... What made you bring that up? Because I want to talk about relationship because I honestly didn't know. 
I really thought you urinated on me. I thought you peed on me during sex. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm like, I wouldn't have done that. Like, what is wrong? You're like, you couldn't hold it? Like, I had no clue. What I, is wrong with you? I really had no idea. Oh, my God. But, no, but you were you were ser- you were a true novice. I was. Like, you knew nothing about nothing. Right. And I didn't. But I think I had a better idea about what it all entailed than you did. So I remember when, you know, when we would have sex that was just one experience that I didn't know that I should have came to you and said hey did you pee on me <laughs> no but I, could, I didn't have to say did you pee on me but I could have said well what is that and then we could have discussed it because I honestly didn't know mm-hmm. and at the time you know I didn't have anybody telling me about sex or sexual right. education right and I didn't know and um <laughs> even you know <laughs> this is you know we were uh we were having sex and Another I was, time. Huh? Another time. No, I was going to say just numerous times. We oh, were having okay. sex. Okay. And um, I wasn't pleasing you. Uh-huh. Wow. And um, I wasn't sure. And, and I used to hear stories of, of females faking it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I asked you, I said, well, are you faking it with me? Right. What, was, what made you even ask me that? I don't know what it was. Maybe something I seen on TV, something I heard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But this just made me ask. Okay. And you said... I'm so surprised that you're going here. I mean, this was a long time ago. No, but this is good. No, it's good. Go this ahead. is a long time ago. Uh-huh. A long time ago for everybody. A long <laughs> time ago. We were married. Damn. Yeah. But we've been married for 15 years, but we were married. You didn't have to say that part. That that, that makes No, that but you just said, we're going to be real. Damn. We're going to be honest. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to tell the truth. This was relatively early on in our marriage. Sheesh. Do you remember where we were? When we had the conversation, when yes. I was honest, and yeah. I told you that I was faking orgasms? Yeah. Yes, I do. Where? We were in our last house, and we were in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. And... <sighs> We were having sex and you climaxed and you climaxed quickly and I felt as though, don't look at me like that, I felt as though you didn't put enough effort into pleasing me. Right. So I was agitated Mm -hmm. and I blurted it out after sex in a very mean and insensitive way. What did you say? Um, well, we laid down and at first I asked you, like, I'm like, you didn't even bother to really see to it that... To please you. That I was happy. And I mean, at first I was reasonable and you gave me some lame excuse. I don't know if you told me you were tired or whatever. And I was like, it's okay because I fake orgasms all the time anyway. And the look, you turned white and you looked at me and then you just turned your back to me. That was abusive. That's abusive relationship right there. To that tell was me that. no, no, no. And that was me using that as a tool and using it as a power play. Like mm-hmm. I asserted power to hurt you and I did it on purpose because I was upset in that moment. Let me tell you this right now. What? Fuck you. Look at <gasps> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know where that just came from. You don't know where it just came from? <laughs> I don't know. It just, just crept maybe, up inside maybe you. Maybe I just relived that moment for a second. Okay. I'm sorry. I take it back. So then you laid there silently for at least 15 minutes. It was like a long 15 minutes. And then you turned back over to me and you said, so you mean you've been faking orgasms? Mm-hmm. 
And I said, that's what I said. And you said, wait, wait, wait. So you've been faking orgasm? You asked me about 10 times. And I said, yes. And you said, so wait, 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 wait. So all this time, you've been faking orgasms? And I said, yep. And you're like, mm-hmm. Crushed. Mm-hmm. Crushed, And crushed, you crushed. just turned back over and you went to sleep. <clears throat> and from that day on, you were a different Rashawn. You right. were a different Rashawn. You were not the person that I knew and fell in love with. You were not the person that I knew you to be. You changed inside. You changed the way that you treated me. Mm -hmm. Everything about you changed. Right. And I felt like I was dealing with a shell of you mm -hmm. rather than the authentic you that you were. And I mean, I could, I, I knew that it hurt, but. I felt as though you deserved it because once you got comfortable with having sex right. and we were having sex on a regular basis, I felt as though you were selfish. Like you were just, I, I felt as though I was being used. You were. I felt what? No, you were. I mean, I mean, if we're going to be real, you were. I mean, it was to a point where we would be in bed. You would service me or... That word service sounds so crazy. Can you find an alternate, please? <laughs> you would please me. Uh, okay. Or, you know, I would have sex with you till I came. Ugh. And then after I reached orgasm, I'd pretty much be tired and be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> pretty much what it was. Yes. And, you know, you never said nothing about it. So I was just like, all right, let her handle herself. I'm good. <sighs> Yeah, I think I think that part of it was me being young and in some respect immature. I was and I think a lot of females feel this way. I was happy for a very long time just knowing that you were satisfied. Right. And just knowing that you were pleased. And don't get me wrong. Not every time you were inconsiderate. There were times where, because, you know, you began to be more thoughtful. Right. And there were times that you would go so hard to please me. Mm -hmm. And it just would not happen. Right. It just would not happen. And I would think to myself, what's wrong? Is it him? Is it me? Is it? What? Like, what could it possibly be? Everything seems like I should be having an orgasm. Everything is playing out the way that you would expect and the way you would hope for and everything during, you know, certain occasions. And it still wouldn't happen. And I wasn't really sure what it was, but you would be going so hard and I would just want it to be over. Right. Not because it wasn't good. I felt bad for you. Like... He's trying so hard. He's going so hard. He's sweating. He's huffing. He's puffing. Shit, it's been an hour. All right, let me just give him what he's working so hard for. And I would. Right. And then you would finish and you would pat yourself on the back and the smile on your face was the smile of a champ. You were so proud. You puffed your chest and out. And I was really a chump. Well, you would, like, so how was it? How was the D? 
<laughs> is it funny. good? No, I'm just saying. See, now, you're, now your face is changing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now everything is starting to change. And the the air in the room. The air in the room is changing. Huh? But, you know, you... You would you were so proud of it. And the more I did it, the harder it was to ever come clean and tell you that what I was expressing to you didn't represent how I really felt. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> every time I felt as though, okay, next time I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna be honest next time. Or during sex, I'm going to stop and let them know. Or before sex or after sex, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely going to let them know. And I can never bring myself to do it because <clears throat> I couldn't bring myself to break your heart. Right. And to tell you that all of those times that you patted yourself on the back, that uh, it really wasn't what you thought. And I let that go on for years. But I was okay because... I would take care of myself. So that's how I looked at it. When you would leave to go to work, I'd take care of myself. And I'm like, well, I'm okay. It's okay. And that's how I know when we talked last week about Sarah saying that her boyfriend of four months isn't able to perform. And she asked if that would be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. I was able to say, no, I know it wouldn't be a deal breaker because... During those years, I loved you enough right. to be able to fake orgasms and still love you the same. And the rest of our relationship went off without a hitch because it didn't really matter to me. As long as you were doing the things that were important to me in our marriage, I was fine. And it wasn't until you hurt my feelings one day that made me come clean to you and tell you how I really felt about our sexual sexual interaction. Right, you know, and, and for you fellas out there, and I'm sure for, for women too, a lot of your ladies, a lot of your girlfriends, a lot of your wives are faking. They're faking, they feel bad for you, they don't want to be there that long, so they just fake it, and they're faking it. So, it didn't sound like that. I know, but they're faking. So I think the best thing in that relationship was that, that you said that, even though it hurt my feelings, and I was really crushed by it because I really thought I was putting it in, and I, and I really wasn't. I didn't know your body, mm -hmm. you know? I didn't take the opportunity and chance to really know what you liked and what you enjoyed. It's not just that you didn't know. You didn't care to ask. Right. You, you were very... And I was immature in some ways, but you were very immature in the sense of you were selfish mm -hmm. and you really only cared about yourself. And you did treat me like I was there just to please you. And with that mindset, of course, you wouldn't have asked me what was important to me. Mm -hmm. You would have never asked me what I liked, what I didn't like, what I preferred, or anything. And I knew that that would never come. So a lot of the times I just wanted it to be over. Right. And that's what brought me to that point. But had you asked or had you opened up communication, we would have saved ourselves years of being in that, in that particular type of ditch. Right. And, and, and I think that 
sometimes you need to get in that ditch to really understand somebody. And I was really hurt when you said that. Like, I, I was know. effed up. Like, my mind was effed up because of all these years, I didn't know the difference between when you was doing it for real or when you was fake. Even after, right. Right. After it's, we talked about it, you had no idea. And you would ask me, you know, did you fake it that time? Or... I would genuinely have an orgasm because then we began to work on it. Right. Our communication opened up, our chemistry improved, mm -hmm. the attraction improved, everything improved. And I began to really enjoy you. And you were tapped into me and we achieved a sex life that earlier on in our relationship, I never thought that we'd be able to achieve. And there were times that I would reach orgasm and you would like roll your eyes. Right. Because I thought you were faking. Yeah. I right. Know. But, you know, it, it takes gaining that trust back because, you know, at the end of the day, for a while, sex became bad for me because mm -hmm. all I wanted to do was please you. Right. And I wasn't even worried about enjoying sex. You were like a robot. I was like a robot. You, I just like, you became like my sex robot. Right. I just mm -hmm. wanted to make you come. That was the whole thing. I got to make her orgasm. Yeah. That was my thing. But then, you know, we started talking and started discussing more and more about more about sex, what you like, what position you like, how you like to lay, how you like this, how you like that, from this way, from that way. And then it became, became back where we felt like we were in high school again. Yeah. We just felt like we had fun. Right. Where we just enjoyed each other. And that's the best way to, to be in a relationship. And the reason I brought it up in this episode is because I feel like a lot of people forget about that first experience. And they just, you know what, I'm just going to I'm a, I'm a smash my, my, my girlfriend. And I'm just going to hit it hard from the back. And that's it. But they might not like that. You know, they might just do it because they feel that's what their woman likes because they never talk to their girl. They never right. talk to their fiance and, and, and vice versa. And I know a lot of women might do the same thing with, with men. I know I know a lot of times women, I hear this a lot, that they can't orally please their boyfriend. Or you hear their, that a lot? Or their fiance or their husband, yeah. You hear that a lot? I hear that a lot. From people that you know or? Yeah, I hear that a lot. Uh, I've seen it in a couple of emails and, mm. and women. I've heard that. I don't know how... Um how often that occurs in people's lives, but I know women don't really, that's hard for women because they feel like they're a failure. You know, they feel Absolutely. like they can't do it. I mean, you don't have that problem. <laughs> Very funny. High five. Very but, <laughs> but a lot of women, you know, feel like they have that problem. And I think that's also due to not knowing their man, not knowing what he enjoys, not knowing what feels good, what stimulates him, what gets him to that point where he's able to, orgasm mm -hmm. you know so I think it's a conversation and, and these are some of the toughest conversations because you're in bed and you're asking your girl your man your your wife your fiance your husband what do you like mm -hmm. do you like when I do this because it's, it's awkward because you're in the moment and you don't necessarily just want to be like hey do you like this you know <laughs> but sometimes you got to because it's, uh -huh. it's, a, it's experience you know and even when I think with most guys when they think they're actually going down orally and they're eating they don't really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't, you know, so it's like, what do I do? Do I left, right, up, down? It's like, you know, it's like a Nintendo game. Up, uh, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A, -B -A, select, start. Like, they don't know. <laughs> you know? Okay. So I, I, re I honestly didn't start realizing and understanding until you started guiding me. 
Right. You know, like, no, I like this. Oh, okay. Do this. Okay. Do that. And then it's like, okay, I understand what she likes. I know it's going to get you to that point. So I can get you to that point and then back down and then I can play with it and have some fun with it myself. And you do the same thing. Right. You know, which, which makes it pleasurable and makes it fun. Right. And you know, it's funny because we didn't only do that then. We do that now. Right. We've never not did that. Right. Most of the times after we're sexually engaged, we have a conversation. Even right. if it's a mini conversation, you always ask, how was I? Right. How was it? Did you like when I did this? Did you like when I did that? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you how I felt. And then I'll ask, day, yeah. yeah. And I'll ask you the same. And we converse about it. We swap information and we'll say, you know, um, all right, well, next time let's try this next time. Let's get that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, we always manage to keep it fun and new and exciting. Get but I used everything. to get clammy a little bit though. Remember when you used to ask me and I used to like, mm-hmm. when I used to ask you what? Like you'd be like, well, what do you like? And I'm like, oh, I like everything. Yes. I mean, you, it, those it are, took those a while. Are difficult conversations See, these, sometimes. These, these are growing pains that we went through. Right. And because, I'm sure a lot of people in their relationships are going through these type of growing pains. Right. Because we're not mind readers. Right. And everybody likes something different. All right. What was my answer when, when you used to be like, well, what do you like? What did I used to say? I like everything. No. Well, when I do this, do you like that? I like everything, <laughs> but that doesn't get that doesn't get. I like everything. Anyway, I think, any, every, anyway, anyway, that you do is wonderful. I know, right? I, but it doesn't get. Every, I mean, aren't I satisfied at the end? I mean, you can make me just like that. I mean, I like everything, and I would pressure you to a point where it made me feel awkward. Where right. I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to a twelve year old. Right. Like I'm asking you for specifics. All right, so let me break it down for you. When I do this versus when I do that, which one do you like better? I like them both. <laughs> I would reach such a level of frustration where I'm thinking to myself, why can't I talk to him right. about sex? Mm-hmm. Why can't he just be honest? And I would say to you, Rashawn, you have to have a preference. Nope. Everything is everything that you do is great. A plus for gear. And I'm like, babe, you know what? It's just going to get to a point where I'm just, I'm not going to know you. Right. And we can be enjoying sex on a completely different level if you would just open up and be more comfortable talking about it. But I think that because you were so hurt by what I told you, you were never, and I think coupled with it, because remember going into it, you were, you were selfish. Mm -hmm. And then I hit you with that information. So then you were selfish and hurt. And then when we started to mature, then you were getting out of being selfish and hurt. Now you're just, you were just insecure Mm -hmm. about that. And I also think that that's part of the reason why your jealousy was so intense Mm. because I think that coupled with maybe some other insecurities that you might've had, you thought that you couldn't please me. Right. And that actually turned into you. I think you disliked me. I did a little bit. I think you disliked me a lot. I did, I did After a lot. I told you that, I felt, like I said earlier, I felt as though everything changed, but you treated me like you didn't 
like me. I felt betrayed. You went from loving me mm-hmm. and treating me like a queen to acting as though you disliked me. You know what? I, I felt betrayed. I felt like you were my friend. Mm-hmm. You were my lover, my partner, you my everything. And I lied to you. And you lied to me. But in hindsight, can you, even though it was wrong, can you understand that I did that because I didn't want to hurt you? Right. And I didn't have the tools to tell you. Right. And it's like, it's kind of like when you tell a lie. Mm-hmm. You have to keep supporting that lie. Right. And the lie gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when you decide that you don't want to lie anymore and you want to set the slate clean, you can't go back. There's almost no explanation for it. Right. So you just kind of let it live. But I wanted to get that off of my chest so badly, which is why maybe subconsciously I waited until a situation came where I was hurt, where I allowed myself to blurt it out because it was weighing so heavily on me. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? No, I, I absolutely positive. But that understand. affected us for years. It did. It did. But, you know, I always say that talking about things, even though it's the most difficult time and it's very hard, I think it's the best way because you actually get your pure feelings out. You get your actual feelings out and you get to talk about things that you can benefit and work in your relationship. And sex is wonderful. And I felt like if you didn't fake it, we wouldn't be in a nasty place with our sexuality and with us having sex. Because I, I would honestly think I was the man all these years and I wouldn't be, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you would possibly be looking for something else to please you or you'd be thinking about something else or you couldn't wait till I leave the house so you can go please yourself. Mm-hmm. But now I'm I'm hoping that it's not oh that no case. everything's amazing I know it is I, I know <laughs> but I just wanted you to say it. but we were able we were able to get past that problem and sometimes people get stuck in a rut where they're not afforded the ability to get past a problem because maybe they don't realize that they're not working with the right set of tools and right. a relationship may end before they're able to fix it thank God we were able to fix it early on you know I think that like I said, we suffered in our relationship probably four years in, you know, like that. We might have wasted four years not able to talk about it. And I think for the past 10, 11 years, like everything has been amazing. So what do you think, aside from communication, right? what do you think are the keys to having a great sex life? Um, I think understanding. Understanding what? Meaning uh, communication. Besides communication. I know. Um, uh, I also think um, having time. Because, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if people out there have kids or, or, or you know, everybody's so busy. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think just spending time with each other without phones, away from family or the kids or the rat race is the best thing. The best sex that we have, in my opinion, is when we're not home. Mm-hmm, it's when we're in Miami for the weekend or in Vegas or even staying in a hotel in New York. Mm-hmm. Just because we're away from home, we're away from the kids, we're away from the rat race, and we really get to experience each other. And focus and, and focus. kind of indulge You kind of need that, other. I think, every time in a relationship. You know, you just need to, you know what, let's just step to the side. You don't have to go, you know, if you if you can't afford it, you don't have to do... You know, you could go to the to, to the the Holiday Inn down the block, but just just to 
leave the world. It's it feels like mm-hmm, you know, just mm-hmm. leave what's going on outside and just say, you know, what? we're going to spend this time with each other. We're going to lay in bed all day and really love each other. And I think that's part of the that's the best times that we have sex because at that time I don't have to worry about the kids running in our room. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have we been in the middle of of sex or in the middle of intercourse and we hear. Do, 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 do. And we gotta pull the covers up and jump back, jump back, and you know, <laughs> right. and, and it's oh, it's mom, I need this, or it's dad, I need this, or it's a little one coming in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's like we try to finish fast because we know right. we ain't got much time, right? Or we start hearing the baby go, this one out. That's right. <laughs> or, or how many times right. when, when when you were about to orgasm, or I was about to orgasm, and it was ruined because one of them little babies came in the room, right? And even after we put them back in the bed. It's not if I the got same. back to the bed, like, man, it ain't even worth it's it. It's like cranking that car back up. Just forget it. Right. Forget it. So I, I got I, you tomorrow. I think uh, separating from, I don't want to say separating from life, but separating from what's going on around you, I think is, is part, partly the best bet. And I also think um, spicing it up a little bit in, in the bedroom. That's where my thoughts are kind of like jumping around and I'll, and I'll tell you sometimes I'll be like babe tonight I want you to put them heels on for me right mm-hmm. and you'll put them heels on and walk in that bedroom and I'm like yes <laughs> you know what I mean I mean I don't have any heels or anything like that I'm sorry I don't have any you know but all I got is my box of briefs for you baby that's all right, I got right 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 I put on a fresh pair of box of briefs for you that's she all I got sexy in them. I do a hundred push ups right before I come in the bedroom and then mm-hmm. you know I try to dance for you sometimes but you don't you know sometimes you cannot I can't dance. dance I ain't got the little the stomach what's that called the stomach twirl the belly roll. Oh, the belly roll. Yeah, okay, I can't yeah. do the belly roll. I can't. <laughs> I can't make my chest jump up and down. But you uh-huh. know, I try to make sure that I, I spice it up and I have some. Try to do some different things. I try to on the way home. I stick my hand down your crotch sometimes and start in the car. What? But do you have to be so crass about things though? I'm just being honest. I you stick my hand in your crotch, man. That doesn't sound sexy. Okay. That doesn't sound sexy. Can you like evaluate what you say before you say it? It just comes. I just think about I didn't it. just get turned on when you said that. I should have gotten turned on when you said that, but I didn't because that's not sexy. I didn't say stick my finger in your butt. That was the next oh one. It was God. either one or the other. I, I stick my hand in your crotch. Crotch sounds so disgusting. Like, seriously, like you need to think about it. All right. Think about it. But But spicing it up, I think, sometimes does that. But even a better way to describe it, in my opinion, is... Detaching from your ordinary. Right. Spicing it up, people use that term, right? Yes. It's like, oh, you know, maybe I need to get a toy or maybe I need to, you know, get an outfit or wear something different. I think it starts more with the mindset. Right. That's that's like the seed. And then if you allow that seed to grow, so many things can come of it. If you make up your mind... Mm -hmm. To not be confined by your ordinary and what you're used to day in and day out. And you allow yourself to express yourself in different ways sexually and try different things sexually. Then that will inspire your partner to do the same. Right. But you you know what? I I don't want to cut you off. It's okay. But I don't want to go down this road yet. Why? Because we have some celebrity couples that are coming up. And I think that's a perfect question to talk to with another celebrity couple, you know, to ask you, but you guys been in a relationship for a long time. How do you keep your relationship and your sex life going? I think that's perfect for them. And I don't want to necessarily give 
our thoughts out until we have them sitting on the couch with us. All right, that sounds good. You know what I mean? Because I I'll rock that, with that's you a on great that one. question. And I know how we do it, but for for celebrity couples that come up, I think that's a great question to ask them. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I just want to say I do commend you because you have been this evolving work in progress. I have. Over the years. It's not easy. In every facet of your personality. Mm-hmm. And you have grown so much. And to me, what's the most sexy thing about you is that you are such a man. Like when I think of all of the things that a man should be, mm-hmm. you check all of the boxes. Aww. And you didn't you didn't come out the gate that way. When I come out what is as a girl? No, but we've gone over a lot of your shortcomings, right? Don't say shortcomings. That makes it sound <laughs> crazy. Don't say okay. Um but we've gone over a lot of those and you've a lot of men would have run. In other words, if there's a problem mm-hmm. or if they're not satisfying their partner in in different ways, it doesn't just have to be with sex, but with a personality or anything, a lot of men would run and find an easier target. All right. Well, I'm just going to find somebody who's not who has, who has lesser expectations, mm-hmm. you know, who doesn't who's not looking for me to do this and who's not looking for me to do that. You know, she'll be happy if I'll just tell her this and make her sit over there in the corner. A lot of men would have done that, which is the cowardly way to tackle a problem. Mm -hmm. But as hurt as you ever were, or as, how do I put it? No matter what you were going through internally and emotionally, you always you always stayed and you always stuck it out. Even if you were mad, even if it took a very long time to rectify, right. you always were solid. You were always consistent. I never, ever, ever considered that you would want to detach from the relationship. Mm-hmm. I always knew that no matter what we went through, no matter what problems, that you would always be there. And that's a great feeling for a male or a female to know that their partner is there through thick and thin, Mm -hmm. really. And you've grown every year, you've grown and you're always, your interest was always to become better and better and better. And I'm grateful for that because just like you've said many times, like we, we don't have, we wouldn't have, There's nothing that said that we had to be together or that we had to end up together. There were a thousand times that it was set up for us to fail. Right. But you never let it. And it's really like you deserve the credit for that because there are times that I would have let our relationship fail Mm -hmm. because things weren't going right or I was disappointed to a degree where I might have let it go. But you always fought for our relationship and at the same time evolved into a better human being consistently. Right. So just saying that I appreciate the man that you are. And that's honestly the sexiest thing to me about you. And that is probably the reason why I was able to achieve orgasm because I looked at you as a different person. Right. Like we would be intimate. And the only thing that would resonate with me was your manliness with which translated into sexiness. And for me, 
sex is mental. I don't know if you notice, but it barely even matters what you're doing physically. I can be satisfied with you doing the least. Some guys have to do the most. You can do, I was actually telling a girlfriend this the other day. Hey, Ingrid. Um, (laughs) You could do the least, the absolute least, and I can still achieve an orgasm because I'm so turned on by you. Right. I'm so just, like I'm there for it. I got that power. I'm there for it. You know what I mean? So that's that's why I was able to so I mean you know it's, it's a good thing that I'm even saying this out loud because I haven't really thought about it in depth and depth and depth when we were going through that let's say four or five year period only a part of the problem is you mm-hmm. and that's why communication is so important absolutely because a big part of it was me and my attraction towards you and it had nothing to do with how good you looked or how sexy you were on the outside or how you moved or anything like that it had to do with my attraction towards you because of how I felt you were treating me so you could have gotten tens across the board for how you moved your body how you kissed me how you touched me Mm -hmm. the time you spent here the time you spent there it wouldn't have mattered right. because I was upset with you in other departments. So it translated into our sexual relationship. And that's probably the main reason why I wasn't able to achieve an orgasm. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I love you and I appreciate you telling me that. I love you too. And I'm going to pound you out on the way home. <laughs> on the way home? That's You're right. You're going to pound me out and drive. And I'm going to stick my finger in your crotch. That's what I'm going to I'm just telling you. All right. Okay. Well, let's get to the email of the week. Uh huh. Now, there's two emails that sparked my interest. Are we going to do both? Are you going to choose one? We're gonna, I'm going to choose one. One was. One you want to try both? No. We have no rules. It's no. just you and me here. No, no, no. I'll, we'll do this one. I don't was about anal. Really? Yeah. Well, let me hear what this one is. Okay. Hey, gear. My name is Didi. I was looking at my daughter's phone, and when I looked in the phone, I seen she had a topless picture of herself. She's only 16, and I'm fearful that she's sending this to boys. What should I do? Should I approach her? Should I tell her? She doesn't know I was in her phone. Help, please. Oh, wow. I have to think about that. Oh, this is easy for me. <laughs> okay, then I'll let you tackle it. Oh, first. I'm going to pull her to the side and be like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm, then I'm going to be like, you're only, well, oh, did she say, you see, you're only 16. You don't need to be sending pictures like this to anybody. Why do you have these pictures in your phone? You better have a good enough reason why you have these pictures in, the, in, in this phone. But, and there is no good reason. But why mommy, you, you went through my phone? Yes. No, daddy went through my phone. Yes, I went through your phone. I pay for the bill. I will go through your phone. Answer me why you have these pictures in your phone. Humana, 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 humana. There's no reason. You should not send any boy pictures or girls pictures of your tatas there is if you want to be the president of the united states when you graduate out of college and do everything that you have to do these pictures will come back and haunt you there is no reason to jump your fast ass and and start flirting with guys you do not do this these pictures will be on the internet and live forever and that's not what you want okay um too harsh no no i just have to have like a steady stream of thought because 
My opinions about this is bouncing all over the place. Of course, I have a clear opinion, and that is you shouldn't take nudes or partial nudes ever and send it to a person unless it's your husband Mm -hmm. or your wife. Those are the only people that I think deserve that type of incriminating evidence. Those are the only people that you can really trust to have it because you can think that your partner is amazing and they treat you phenomenally and everything. Mm -hmm. You have a healthy sexual relationship and you send them nudes Mm -hmm. and it's for their enjoyment and you guys have fun with it. And that sounds all well and good. But the truth of the matter is that when that breakup happens, if it happens, Mm -hmm. it can be a free for all. People are amazing when you're in it with them and when the love is flowing. But when a breakup takes place. Mm -hmm. Evil, nasty, horrible. Anything can go. Right. I would never put myself at any age, unless I was married, Mm -hmm. in a position where something, any kind of information, any type of photo or video could be used against me. Right. Never. And I think that. Her mother needs to lead with that. But for me, everything always begins with sitting back and understanding a situation. Right. It's so easy to jump out the window. Most dads will. Dads, moms, everybody. It's in any situation, not just this. It's so easy to just react. But a lot of times when you sit back and you think about a situation and you pull you put yourself yourself into it and then you pull yourself out of it and you think about well what would I do or what have I done or mm-hmm. can I relate or it's a lot easier to get a reasonable assessment of a situation so this little girl mm-hmm. is 16 years 16 old. years old yep I lost my virginity to you on my on um, our one-year anniversary when I was 16 right and to hear that she's 16 sending partial nudes is the situation that she made is a problem that she made a bad decision by sending the nudes or is the problem that she's sexually active. And this is what I mean. Of course we teach our children, especially our girls that you wait until you find the person that you love and that you're planning a future with. Hopefully you wait until you're married and that's when you lose your virginity. Right. That's the person who's special enough for you to share that with. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of children now, for a lot of girls, that is the path that they are on. They are, and I don't want to use the term good girls because that would insinuate that girls that made the opposite decision, bad girls. And that's not what I mean. But you have what, Society looks at as your quote unquote good girls that are on that path. They are doing the right thing. They're going to go to school. They're going to fall in love and they're going to try to wait until they're married. So you have girls that are like that. I thought that I was one of those girls Mm -hmm. and it just so happened that I found somebody, you, who I thought that I was going to marry and have children with and build a life. So, and you waited for a whole year. Right. So you were special to me mm-hmm. um, because I was a prude. 
up until then. And all of my friends always made fun of me for being prude and things of that nature. But now you have your typical 16 year old who is just curious and may have been charmed by a boy and really liked him or maybe felt as though she was in love with the attention right and loves the attention and that little girl is more susceptible to doing something like that right so it it starts with what are we teaching like in this situation of course you want to teach her to be that quote unquote good girl but it's not the most realistic thing especially in this day and age I agree so for me let's say this were Madison she just turned 15 um I would tell her and you know what it's funny she asked me the other day um mommy what would you do if you found out that I was pregnant what (laughs) Um, she saw something on television she just don't ask that question no no she saw something on television and she told me all about it I'm just fast forwarding through that whole conversation and ending up at the end she said so what would you do if you found out that I was pregnant and I told her that if I found out that she had a relationship with a boy Mm -hmm. and it resulted in a pregnancy because Madison very clearly and easily falls into that box of your quintessential good girl. Right. Um, sometimes I even try to loosen her up a little bit and say, well, Madison, everything doesn't have to be so perfect. You don't have to be so perfect. Sometimes rules can be bent and you use your judgment. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be so rigid about things. She is that kid if there were ever a kid that was going to lose her virginity on her ma- on her wedding night, it would be Madison. Right. So we're having a hypothetical conversation, and she said, "Well, what would happen if what would happen if I were to meet somebody and become pregnant?" And I said, "Well, because I know you, and I know what you're made of, I know the fiber of you. Right. I would take for granted that you were charmed, and." For whatever reason, you became irresponsible, and not only did you have sex before you were ready, but you didn't do it responsibly. And that can happen. And all I could do would be to educate you about it so that your takeaway is positive, your takeaway is informative. She said, well, you wouldn't be disappointed. I said, yeah, I would be disappointed, but I wouldn't take it out on you because people make mistakes. And that would be a girl with a young mind being charmed and being irresponsible and ending up with a deck of cards that she's not really ready to deal. I said, so we would have to sit down and talk about it and decide what you would want to do. And if you decided that you wanted to have the baby, I would take care of it. And you would continue with your life I mean, you would have to take care of, you would have to work, you would have to make money, you would have to take care of your responsibility, but I would definitely be there to support you and to help you. And you would go to college and I would take care of your child, but you're that child's mother. When you're done taking care of your responsibilities as a young adult, that is your child. But I will do everything that I could to facilitate that. So I'm saying all of that to say that 
With this 16-year-old, just because she's a 16-year-old and she makes a bad decision doesn't make her a bad teenager or anything like that. Her mother, and this would be my advice, her mother would just have to educate her about boys and what the implication of her sending a nude to a boy would be. She would have to learn about sex. I think we have to have these conversations earlier, too. 16 is too late yeah, because in late, today's yeah. day and age listen once, once you give them a phone they, you should have them conversations Rashawn when we were younger all of my friends were having sex at 13 right. 14 there were girls that got pregnant there were girls that were telling me all these details and all I could do was cringe right. like wow I remember a friend of ours told us that you know, this her boyfriend performed oral sex on her. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, so you actually let him see that? Right. Like, you let him see that, like, face to face? Like, you didn't feel embarrassed? You could look him in the face the next day? It was a thought that was so far from my reality, mm-hmm. which is why I appreciated you, because I didn't have to worry about that with you. But... Back then, kids were having sex at 13 and 14. So the earlier that you sit them down and have a real conversation with them and tell them about members of the opposite sex and what they're going to be looking for and how they're going to treat you and the game and all of the gassing and all of everything that's involved, then when it hits them, they're looking at it like, yeah, I can identify that. Right. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So I just don't think that she should be harsh with her. I think that she just needs to. And and in her case, because her daughter is living in a way that she cannot trust. Right. And not again, not that it's a terrible thing because it's normal for teenagers. But her mother cannot trust her to make good decisions at this point. So at this point, I think it's okay for her to monitor her phone and things of that nature. I don't know. I might not mind if she told her, like, I'm going to check your phone and I want you. I don't know if she necessarily needs to go behind her back, but you can gauge based on your child's personality if you need to go behind their back and whatnot. But with her, she actually has a reason, a good reason to look into her child's personal Effects. You know what? And I think as as dads out there and, 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 and mothers as well, I think that we really need to teach our kids game. You know, game. Yeah, that's not a conversation that, that a dad would have with his daughter. But I think I'm going to have it with with Madison. Oh, and Logan. oh absolutely. Them, like that's what I'm saying. Like you know, game and gas in someone's head. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's not a conversation that I hear people having with their kids. But that is a conversation so that when they get into these situations, they'll be like, oh, that's what my dad told me about. Yep. Let me guess. I'm pretty. Let me guess. You want to buy me a drink? Let me get like so they know exactly uh-huh. what's happening. The same thing with with with. Our young men as well, our young boys as well. Like, teach them game. Teach them, you know. Hey, well, this girl might try to throw this in your drink. Oh, hey, this girl might tell you, hey, you take the condom off. Like, teach them what it is so they know exactly what right. it is. You know. Right. Now, as fathers, we really have to talk to our daughters and our sons and really teach him about game. Like, absolutely. Like, tell them, like, yo, shorty gonna do this, and you gotta do this. 
Or, or you got to tell your daughter, look, he going to come over. He's going to say, you look like this. You can look fly. You look this. Can I get you a drink? Hey, I'm going to put my arm around you. I'm not like them other guys. I just don't want you for sex. Like, I, you got to teach your daughter that because uh-huh. there's going to be dudes out there that's going to be on it. Right. And you have to teach her what she should look out for. So she'd be like, my dad told me about that. Get your arm off me, man. Yeah. I Get mean, your arm you off my to, leg. You have to put them in a position where they can see game coming. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to start that as soon as I get home today. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, me and my, I'm going to say me and my daughter like it ain't your daughter. I do that a lot. Like me and my daughter. Yes. But I'm going to take her out somewhere and we're going to go daddy, daughter, and we're going to just learn game. And you know, it's crazy. You know, the, you know, I love my daughter so much, mm-hmm. you know, that she's like, I don't want to say she's, she's my baby. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, she's getting so old and I got to start looking her, looking at her like a, a more mature person because right now she's still my baby. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day, um, I came home from doing a party late. I don't know where I was, but anyway, when I got home in the bed, the two babies were in our bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, he was like, babe, cause just go sleep in the baby's rooms. Go sleep in the baby's rooms. I know you got to catch a flight in two hours. Right. And, I went in Madison's room and I cuddled with Madison and me and Madison cuddled and we <laughs> yes. knocked out. Yeah. You know, but that's my baby. She mm-hmm. will always be my baby. But right. I, I have to have that conversation with her and I have to start putting her on the game. Right. Right. I mean, as long as they know what to look for, right. they'll be better apt to judge whether it is game or whether it's someone being honest with them. Okay. If, they, if they know what to expect. Right. All right. Now, let's move on. Moving on. It's time for the argument of the week. Okay? Okay. Now, this is not coming from us. Uh-huh. Sometimes the arguments come from us. Sometimes it comes from you guys. You can always email us, thecaseycrew at gmail. That's T-H-E-E, caseycrew at gmail.com. All right. Now, the email comes from Malcolm. Malcolm says, hey, guys, what's up? Me and my girlfriend have been in a relationship for seven years. Everything is good. The problem is she won't cook. She seems like she's too lazy to cook. She will not touch a dish. She will not touch a fork. She will not touch a knife. She will not cook for nothing. And this is a problem because my mom always cooked for me. I'm tired of eating out. What can I do? This is a big problem in our relationship. He's comparing her to to his mom. I'm sure she doesn't want to hear that. I mean... You, you want to go first or you want me to go That's first? That's going to create a little bit of resentment. You want to go first? Or, or, for or, the mom. I'll let you go first since you you want me to go first or you want you to go first? I mean, cooking, right. cooking is not a problem for me. Uh-huh. I mean, I had a wife that used to cook for me all the time. She died? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, did, she did die. Oh, okay. She used to cook macaroni and cheese baked and, and, and flat chicken and chicken breasts and jerk thin chicken. chicken cutlets and jerk chicken. Stew fish. Stew fish, all that. Uh-huh. And, and it was amazing. And then she died. <laughs> she got hit by a truck. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> now I have this wife that don't cook nothing. Like everyone, if, if, if you cook a meal now, I'm super duper excited. Oh my gosh. Once, what, once every three weeks? Um... I mean, we don't have to put it. We have to time stamp it. Like I, once every three weeks you cook? I cook when I'm able to cook. I, I have a lot. I didn't say, I, I, I didn't ask you all that. I just, said, I just said you don't cook as much as you used to. And I, kind I mean, of you just food. referenced me dying and everything. So I mean, it, from that, I, I, I'm sensing a little bit of hostility. There's no hostility. Uh, I, I no, no. How do you lead with, oh, you know. 
I mean, I don't have a problem with like cooking and, you know, that's, that's not me. Like I'm, I'm good with, but you know, my wife that cooked before died. Well, look, I'm just I mean, saying before you we had, stay contradicting before yourself, we had five kids. Your mouth says one thing. And then your mouth says something else. Before we had five kids, you would cook. You don't cook as much now. And I get it. I understand. Right. I don't complain. But do you have a hot meal every day? I do. Do you have a hot meal every night? Yes. Okay, then. Well, I do. I just ask on certain occasions, birthdays. Acting like you have a problem. Christmas, anniversaries, special <laughs> days, just to cook me a little meal, right? That's what I'm saying. So birthdays, I'm, anniversaries, and special days, you're taking me somewhere. Right. Well, not my birthday. I cook on your birthday. I said you did. I okay, just said okay. that. All right. But I mean, for homie, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, I understand you. Sometimes you want that home cooked meal, but it's a lot in a relationship to work all day long and then come home and then cook a meal and then still want your wife to look sexy or your girl to look sexy. No. And, and, and still. No. Oh, okay. So what are you saying? Let me hear this. No. Tell Listen, me. it depends on what their responsibilities are. That's oil, all that it boils down to. Let's just be hypothetical because she didn't give a plethora of information. But if she doesn't have a lot of responsibilities, then I feel as though cooking for your spouse is something that a woman should do if he is handling his responsibilities. Hmm. Now, if he is someone that likes to cook or cooks well, then he can cook for her or the family, but she would have to take on another responsibility that shows that she takes care of him. There has to be reciprocity in a relationship. I may not cook because I don't have the time to because we have all these children that are doing a lot of different things and I am taking them to most of their things. I don't miss their games. I don't miss their practices. I am present. You are present. Mm -hmm. So those things take precedent over a chicken cutlet and some seasoned salt. But if I didn't have those responsibilities, then I would cook. So in our situation now, I show you that I love you and I take care of you in other ways. Don't make a smart comment. I know you. What? Don't say <laughs> Okay. But I show you that I love you and I show you that reciprocity in different ways. But if there were things that I looked at you to do and you didn't come through, I would be upset. And there are things that I expect you to do because you are a man, not because I can't do it for myself. Yes, I can open up my door. But every time that we approach a building, I will stand there and wait for you to come behind me and open up the door. And you always do. And I appreciate it because I believe in chivalry. I believe that there are certain things that members of certain sex do to show the member of the other sex that they love and appreciate them. So I think it's a two-part thing and I'm not necessarily saying that it has to be cooking but if in their relationship he's looking at her to cook and if he's handling his responsibilities and her time isn't confining her in a way that she doesn't have the time or the energy to cook. In other words, if she's just being lazy and he's pulling his weight, then I think that she should. You see me uh, rolling my eyes over here? Why are you rolling your eyes? I'm going to tell you why. Because when my mom cooked after working a hard-ass day, mm -hmm. my mom wasn't looking sexy. <laughs> so your eyes are more important to you than your stomach. Yeah, because we can order out and get some Chinese food. 
I need you to look sexy. I, I need. I don't want you to be tired at the end of the night. You tired because you just cooked and washed the dishes and clean, and now you in the bed tired. You have always said that. No, no. It, look, ish. Order food. Order Chinese food. We can eat pizza again. I don't care. You have always said that. that that's how I feel. He has always. I don't need said... you to cook. Like I love a home cooked meal, <laughs> but if it's between a home cooked meal and you in bed with me and we watching television and you looking fly and sexy. I prefer you looking fly and sexy than you have on sweatpants and an apron looking like grandma. He has my always mama, said. I love my mom, but my mom never looked sexy cooking. That he wants. Because, okay, for instance. My mom never had her thong out when she was cooking. We've always had help. Right. I have. Al- we've always had a living in our home that assisted me with the household duties. Right. Because... You know, even like when we, especially when we started growing our family and when London came and for the last few years I was pregnant and, you know, as a woman, I want my house to look a certain way and I want my children to look a certain way. I want them to be taken care of in a certain way and an extra set of hands is always going to facilitate that. Right. So we've always had help, but there were times where the help didn't work out. Right. You know, um, a nanny or a housekeeper or whatever didn't work out. And there were times when we were transitioning between two people. Mm-hmm. And I've said to you on several occasions during those transitions, because then I would have to pull up my bootstraps and do absolutely everything. I would have to cook and clean and, you know, clean the corners with Q-tips and do everything myself. And once you start doing it, you resign to the idea of doing it. Right. You say, okay, well, I'm capable. I can do it. And it's true. You would come home and say, babe, let's go watch TV. I'm like, I'm tired. I did this today. I did that today. I did the other today. And I just kind of want to lay down and I can start watching with you, but I'm probably going to fall asleep. And you'd look at me like I had six heads. Like, where's my baby that has energy that just took a shower because she knew I was about to yeah, walk put in the door? Put the booty shorts on and get where, your ass in the bed. Where, where's the eyeliner? Like, is your hair flat ironed? Like, what? Like, where is all of that? But when you've been literally on your knees scrubbing grout and making sure that the steak is cooked perfectly, you don't have the desire, in most cases, you don't have the desire to finish and then go upstairs and hop in the shower and do it all. There were times that I did, but it's not going to be a regular thing because nature's going to take its toll and I might be tired. Like like, like you said, if you're going to be on your knees for the grout. Okay. You're going to be on your knees. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So, (laughs) and I've said to you like, you know what, babe, maybe we don't need a nanny. Maybe we don't need a housekeeper. Maybe I can just do everything. And you'd be like, nope, 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 nope. Call the agency. Find somebody tomorrow. Right. Because the whole. Get somebody in here. Get somebody in here. Gets. And you would say, I don't want my baby overworked. I don't want my baby stressed. I need you happy and stress free. So when I come home, you are happy and stress free for me. And we can have a good time together right. and enjoy ourselves and enjoy our family and not worry about anything. And that's that's how I feel. I feel like for, for his instance, you, you mean if your lady is working, your girl is working. You have to respect that. She's tired when she comes home. She might not feel like cooking. She might just want to spend some time with you. And cooking and cleaning takes two, three hours, which takes that quality time. So sometimes you got to you gotta say, hey, is it going to be this food or is it going to be I want my baby? And sometimes it has to be in the middle. 
Maybe she don't cook on the weekdays. She cook on weekends. Right. You know? Maybe she, you know, cooks breakfast on Saturday and Sunday and then she doesn't give you the meals that you desire. But it has to be some type of communication and some type of balance. We would need more information on their particular situation to have a real honest opinion because I don't know the reason why she doesn't want to cook. Right. You know, if... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, if she's tired because she works so hard, then of course not. But if it's just a matter of laziness, then there's a problem. But he should never bring up his mother. Never, no, no. He should never... Oh, well, my mom cooked everything. Like, no girl wants to hear about what your Your mother did. You're right. I don't want to hear that. If you want that, go live with your mom. Go to your mom's house for dinner. Don't come over here looking for it from me. Right. So that's how I feel about that. Well, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> Hopefully it works out with you. Did he leave his name? No, he didn't. He didn't leave his name. Let me look at the email. Nope. 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 No email. No name. No. no. Oh, actually, his name is Malcolm. Malcolm. His name is Malcolm. Good luck, Malcolm. Okay. Good luck, Malcolm. All right. Well, we will see you guys and talk to you guys next week. We are so grateful that you guys hit us up all the time. We appreciate the emails. Again, the email is thecaseycrew at gmail. That's T-H-E-E, caseycrew at gmail.com. We appreciate you hitting us up on iTunes, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, YouTube, all that good stuff, the DMs and leaving comments on our Instagram. We appreciate the feedback. Yes, we do. Okay. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Alrighty, guys, doodles. I'm DJ Envy. I'm Gia Casey. And that was another edition of the Casey Crew. Baby, I love you. I say that every episode. I love you, baby. I realize. Give me a kiss. Come on, stop. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Okay. Guess what? I'm putting my hand when we leave here. (laughs) Come on, let's get out of here.